What's going on, Lifesavers? Welcome back to another episode of the Exploring with Micah podcast. I am so and so happy that you were here. I'm surprised you tapped on this because this question also did confuse me when I read it. Are you in love or are you in trauma? In today's podcast, I'm going to be simply breaking down the story of my first love. I thought I was in love, aka it was just a trauma relationship. What are the signs of a trauma relationship? Some relationships I would give you as a 19-year-old. <laughs> yes, a 19-year-old. <laughs> and some Q&A questions and, of course, the affirmations for love to end it off. All right, you guys, we got a lot lot happening in this podcast episode. But most importantly, just want to make sure you're doing well. Make sure that everything on your side is doing good. Whether or not you're doing your homework right now or you're, you're out in the car, you're doing your errands, you're doing whatever. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this in the background. Thank you for the time for just being able to invest into yourself and invest into you changing your life, you healing from your traumas, you growing as a person. This entire podcast is all about the journey of self-exploration and self-growth. So thank you for investing in yourself and thank you for allowing me to guide you and support you upon your journey. All right, you guys, let's just get into the first section. Let's just get into it. The story of my first love. I'm going to say a different name in case she ends up seeing this because she does know me on the internet, so this I will keep it as a different name. I will say Sharice. It's definitely not her name, but I will say Sharice is the person I fell madly, madly in love with during my sophomore and junior year of high school. Ah, oh, gosh, those were the years. Those were the years that I thought I was... I drop anything for this person. You know, this is when like, you know, when you have that first heartbreak, it's kind of like you think your whole world's going to end, you know, and you think the person that you're dating at the time is the person you'll marry. It's that it's that whole butterfly feeling and everything. But at the same time, one thing that I realized was that I had I did not love her. I just was I was literally repeating my traumas. <laughs> That's where the, the question came from. Are you in love or are you in trauma? I was in trauma, and I was in it deep, deep, and I couldn't, I couldn't get myself out of it for months. I remember I was in this was probably the worst relationship I've ever been in for myself, like on a healthy wise, because I was getting physically sick. Like I was becoming really, really ill mentally and really, really ill emotionally and physically. All of my grades were were failing. Just my overall well-being and experience for life was shit because I was dating someone who was so toxic. But I was so addicted to dating toxic people because of the relationship I had with my father that I just put up with that shit. And it's like, dude, I shouldn't have put up with that. But I did. I did. So I'm just going to give a little bit of a breakdown of what this relationship was for me and, you know, just a few lessons that I learned from it. One thing that I noticed myself doing in this relationship is, uh, I guess my dad kind of called it, it's like, you you like fixing broken birds. And I thought that was interesting, but I believe that people who are conditioned to, you know, always put other people's emotions before themselves, I think they can get themselves into relationships that are very unhealthy. Because you kind of fall in love with this idea of a person rather than the person that's there in front of you. And that's going to lead to a lot of conflict in the relationship itself because you're not really speaking to them. You're speaking to a version of them that you have wrapped up in your mind. You're not really speaking to the person that's right in front of you that's trying to feel love and feel support. And 
and it was just a very interesting thing because that all that all that ended up me doing was because I wanted her to be this specific kind of way I played the role of trying to fix her which is very controlling right if you know anyone doesn't like being told like doesn't like being helped to be honest no one really likes being helped but people like being supported upon their journey people like people like accomplishing things on their own but support is what people need to feel seen and heard is what people need not for you to just come into their life and fix everything for them they will fucking hate you for that in fact they will push you away because of that i learned that in fact i remember there was a point in the relationship with sharice that i literally like (laughs) it was i think it was what two months where she just didn't talk to me like completely like she lost her phone or something it doesn't matter it was just she had what an avoidant attachment style and i had of course an an anxious attachment style so i literally just (laughs) oh gosh i know this is like ridiculous but this is literally what i did i i literally like was freaking out at the fact that she just wasn't answering my texts and all that but i have an anxious attachment style so that just means i'm clingy Anxious attachment styles are just clingy people. That's really it, right? You are so afraid of the love leaving you that you will do anything and put up with anything just to make sure that that little bit of love, even if it's unhealthy, stays in your life. Like, literally. And she had the opposite. As we got closer, she pushed me away and ran away from the relationship out of fear, right? And... If that you know, it's just a push or pull dynamic, and that's that's one of the biggest signs of trauma relationships, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But that was just something I, I noticed. Those were two things that I noticed. People don't like being helped. People don't like being controlled and fixed. People want to be loved for who they are, and if you can't love them for who they are, then get the fuck out of the relationship with them. Next thing, she was capable of. She was not. I would say not. Not was not. You know, there was, there was a level of disrespect I was giving myself, and I was degrading my level of self-love dating this toxic girl. And I kept doing it over months, and all that did was, at first, I deserved a bucket full of love, but I was only accepting droplets. Therefore, the bucket disappeared, and now I only had a cup. And I was now back at square one trying to learn how to love myself again after I broke up with her. And that was just a very, very shitty process for me. I don't want to get into the relationship a lot because I'm not going to lie, at this current moment, I have blocked out a lot of those memories and experiences and worked through a lot of them, so I don't really feel one way or another about her anymore, and describing the relationship feels almost pointless. So I'm just going to wipe it over and just give a couple things that I experienced in a relationship so you guys can relate or not. You know, whenever we, we always disrespect ourselves and we choose to love someone who does not love us at the same level that we love them and that doesn't mean that your love is greater than theirs but i'm saying is that you need to be dating people and having people in your life that are serving you in ways that you need and that doesn't mean you're not giving that to yourself but these are additions to your life and if someone is taking more than they're giving then that's a problem That's a big problem in a relationship. It then becomes a one-sided relationship. And that's exactly what it felt like to me. We were either arguing about some ridiculous stuff or we we were just never on the same page. And whenever we would argue, she would then push me away, right? Avoiding the, the conflict, avoiding or more like punishing me with not giving me the little bit of love that she quote unquote was giving me. 
it was such a such a toxic relationship you guys like it was such a needed lesson and i'm so grateful like i i learned it now and life smacked me across the face now because it, it only took about one person that i never got to see or anything to figure out what the fuck was going on and i just stayed single hence where i am right now in my life i i fell in love with this person rather for who she could have been for me right like i remember i i dream about me and Charisse moving to Oregon and living on the coast like it was this whole fantasy world and the thing is that my one of the biggest suggestions I'd say in a relationship is you can't (laughs) you can't fall in love with the fantasy before you fall in love with the person you can't in fact the fantasy will never come true because the world does not evolve around your fantasies never and no matter amount of manipulation or anything is ever going to give you that fantasy so let the fantasy go and like as if take off the mask and see them for who they really are right and figure out if that's the kind of person you want in your life their actions their mindset their future goals right and and ambitions and and how they love themselves all of those factors really matter when it comes to a relationship and when i was completely blindsided by this person i fell in love with her because it was the same exact relationship i had with my father only it was with a girl it was incredibly abusive incredibly abusive she didn't beat me up or anything not nothing like that but i mean what i mean by abusive is like mentally and emotionally abusive i i remember when i broke up with her after those two weeks um those were the, the hardest two weeks of my life i i was i was on my knees all the time but i'm not gonna lie to you it was the greatest form of clarity that i ever received when she broke up with me and i more like gave up on pursuing someone that was not giving me the energy that i deserved which was a very difficult thing i began to see the conditional love i was receiving from her and then i actually was able to correlate that to the exact same intentions actions and behaviors that my father was doing and that's when i was like oh my gosh that's exactly why i fell in love with her it wasn't it wasn't falling in love it was falling into trauma and in a very deep form because i love my father deeply but I am also incredibly traumatized by my father. And I was addicted to the way that he was manipulating and abusing me as a kid. That I then looked for that as love in relationships. Ridiculous, I know. But that's what people do, right? And that's that's one of the sad things that happens in our teenage years. Is that we live out our traumas in our relationships. And that's actually a great way to work through them. But most of the time, people then, once they break their heart, they think no one loves them. And then they think they close off their heart. And then I'll never love anyone ever again. They'll get into this victim mindset about everything. When in all actuality, you chose this person. You need to learn from these things. And stop bitching about the fact that these things happen and that they they weren't here for you. Okay, I, I get it. I get it. I've been in your shoes. Probably any adult has ever been in your shoes. But at the end of the day, you have to mature. So that the next relationship isn't one that you're closing your heart to and you're saying that they'll never love you. What are you trying to do? Fulfill a self-prophecy? You're wasting your time doing that. I remember I got myself in this cycle because I was also making content at the time about like me- about mental health and about relationships. But from a very immature point of view, it, nowhere near the level of understanding that I have now from the from my experiences. But it was... I just kept staying in that mindset, you know, you know what hurts? You left me when I needed you most. And you know, like all of that. And I realized that all of that is just me playing the victim. 
and it's me repeating these addicted feelings of feeling broken, feeling like it wasn't my fault that they hurt me. But at the end of the day, you gotta wake up and realize that, yes, they hurt you. Yes, they weren't there for you when you needed them. But you will move through it and you will get over it. Because life goes on, regardless if the love and the spark stays. You still have work tomorrow. You still have a family to take care of. You still have your dreams and goals to pursue. You still have many aspects of your life to pursue. A relationship is only an addition to your life. It was never supposed to be the makeup of your life. And that was the biggest thing that I learned. And that is why I shifted all of my focus to myself and shifted all of my focus to my dreams and goals. And that is why I'm incredibly hyper independent right now, which is also a trauma response. But it's better than me bitching about people in my life who aren't giving me love and I just give myself all the love that I need. So that's the first section. I know it was a little bit all over the place, but I hope that gave you guys an understanding of just a few experiences that I had in relationships. And if you related to any of them or you needed to hear something from that, then great, great. But now I really want to get into something that I was learning from this lady called the Holistic Psychologist. I will put her at in the podcast description, if I remember, of course. (laughs) And I'm going to be breaking down some of the ideas of emotional addiction, push-your-pull method, and some signs of, you know, just a trauma relationship. That's going to be our next section, so let's get into it. Signs of trauma relationships. So we're going to be breaking down three kinds of trauma relationships or signs of trauma relationships. The push and pull dynamic, emotional addiction, and the number one thing to look out for in knowing if someone is right for you. Let's get into the push and pull dynamic. This is something that's very similar to twin flames. You know, it's like you're always chasing and the other person's running. Right, So the other person is running from you while you're chasing them. And it's like you have this rope attached to both of you guys around your waist. And you're just chasing each other the entire time. But in a push and pull dynamic, it's the exact same thing. And the problem is, is that we always feel the need to chase love. When you're chasing something, that implies that you need that. And that you don't have that. Chasing something is the ultimate way to disrespect yourself because you are literally telling the universe and telling yourself and telling the person that you're chasing that I need you I can't give myself love I am worthless and that's like yo that's not healthy that's not healthy that's not the kind of relationship you need to have with yourself let alone with life or any other person You know, you always feel like you have to ask for their affection in a push and pull dynamic. And that's like, no, you should never have to ask for affection. And that doesn't mean sometimes your partner will be in situations where they're emotionally retracting due to their traumas and triggers, but communicate. And that's when you can ask. But people that if you always feel like you have to ask them for affection, always have to ask them to answer your calls, ask them to make time for you, you are wasting your time. And that's a huge sign. Like for me to date back to Sharice, one of my, the first love that I had, I had to always ask her to hang out. I had to always ask her to give me love and affection. And, you know, when you have to give it, it feels sour then to receive it. You know, it's like, it's like begging someone for something and then you get it. It's no longer rewarding. 
you know because it's not like you earned it or it's not like it was given to you out of love it was given to you because out of pity and out of sympathy and that's like ooh. You know, you're pulling their affection because you're not receiving any, and then they start to give you affection, right? You know, with the interesting thing about a push and pull dynamic relationship, which is the number one sign in a trauma relationship, is that the moment you retract your love, now you become the enemy. And now they're going to start giving you love and affection just so they can start getting your attention once again. Just enough affection so that you start thinking that they really like you and that you know they love you and all and they want to still be in a relationship with you but then the moment you start giving them affection again they stop giving you affection what is this i don't understand what what kind of fever are we catching it's ridiculous i think it's a waste of time and that was honestly that's what that brings us into the next one like a push and pull dynamic in a relationship which is the most toxic there is creates emotional addiction you become addicted to them giving you the little bit of love that they're giving you and when they stop it's like you're having withdrawal symptoms so now you're freaking the fuck out and now you're like oh my god i'll do anything you're on your knees trying to get this person to love you that is so manipulative that is so conditional and i'm going to tell you this you deserve so much more than conditional love you deserve so much more than conditional love You deserve unconditional love, and that is by giving it to yourself and by receiving it from the world and other people in your life. That is what you deserve. Takes a while to believe that. Action makes it believable. You know, emotional addiction to relationships, let's let's unpack this a little bit more, you know. There is always highs and lows, you know. It's It's a rush of love, and then it's a rush of fear and anxiety that that love is going to be going away right especially for an anxious attachment style you were genuinely afraid of the love the little love that they're giving you is going to be going away dissipates which always puts you in this um, addictive place of and and you put their their little bit of love like and i mean little bit because it's nothing compared to the relationships you'll have in the future that are giving you buckets of love it's this like little pedestal like you put this little bitch ass amount of love think about the love is like it's like a little bit of a cup of water in your hand that's the amount of love that they're giving you and you deserve a bucket but you decide to put this little bit of cup of water this cup of love above you and now you're like it's dangling over your head like i need that love no you don't you have a bucket full of love for yourself already you don't need the extra addition especially if it's small and you know, the, I think the reason that people become addicted to these forms of highs and lows is from growing up in a, in a household that is conditional love, right? Narcissistic parents are, are parents who are the byproducts of conditional love. They literally give you only conditional love when you're doing something for them, right? That's what makes you property, right? Like you were you seen as a use case rather than someone to love and share space with and to and to nurture and to grow into a, a beautiful young man and a beautiful young woman right a beautiful independent young man and woman right you know i received that form of love from my father my my whole life and that was the relationship dynamic that was strongest with me therefore that is what i then mimicked and looked for in all of my relationships when i was receiving conditional love only doing things for them and getting very very little affection and attention outside of that 
it became exactly what I look for in Sharice, right? The toxic girlfriend that I said earlier, or or in in any future relationship. As long if I didn't heal that part of myself that deserves unconditional love, and I started to believe that, then I would still to this day be search, be seeking people who would only give me a small amount of love when I deserve a bucket full of love. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Now, I'm not going to make this episode super, super long because I know a lot of these points will get repetitive, but I know that we need to be beating them into our heads. So that's why I am beating them into your heads because I had to beat them into mine. I had to beat them into mine. And just to to wrap this, this section up, you know, a very clear sign that someone is not right for you to be in a relationship with is if you feel you cannot be yourself around this person. Like, let's say it's been three, six months and you always feel like you're walking on eggshells or you feel like you have to hide parts of yourself, that is not real love. And that's not a healthy relationship. Real love is unconditional. Therefore, it is fully accepting and embracing of all parts of yourself. And if you are afraid of showing those other parts out of fear of judgment that they've shown to you in the past or other their other actions, then that's not someone you need to be with. Like, I always felt like I was walking on eggshells with one of my ex-girlfriends because it always felt like anything that I'd say would just piss her off so or me showing a part of myself that is outside of what she already equates me to be is different right I remember I wore a different outfit one day and there was a whole fucking fiasco about that I decided to speak upon something differently or or you know be myself be more of myself and I was ridiculed and judged for that rather than supported and loved as I should be and as you should be and that that causes trauma in us right now we get hurt on the inside and now we don't want to show love to anybody but you got to realize that you're a hurt person who was also trying to love another hurt person and two hurt people have a very hard time loving each other because they're both just living out their traumas throughout the relationship which doesn't really create a healthy bond in any way it creates a trauma bond now i'm no relationship expert or anything but this is from my experience of the things that i've learned through the knowledge that i've gained and through the experiences that have come and the wisdom that has come from those experiences that is where all of my knowledge about all of this stuff is coming from i'm not pulling it out my ass i'm not pulling it off the internet besides like the the initial labels of push and pull dynamic and stuff like that but i connect all of these formulas and ideas to my own experiences and that is what i speak from you know how do you know if someone really loves you if they can't even accept you for who you are unconditional love is the actual idea of loving the person exactly for who they are so if you feel like you can't be that full exact person and they're not loving all of you then there's some communication problems that need to be addressed there or possibly you're just in a toxic fucking relationship that's some signs of trauma relationships there's many many more and you can probably look them up and if you guys want me to make a second part to this then i will but i just want to keep this episode a little bit on the shorter side and now i really want to get into the relationship tips which is you know just quick little one-liners that you can put in your head and store in a folder whenever you you know notice yourself uh, going back to an old person or whatever you know whatever the case is so without further ado let's get into the next section ah relationship tips Ah, of course, I know I'm younger than you, but at the end of the day, relationship experience and life experience does not happen at a specific age. It just simply happens in time. So let's get into this section. You can take the tips or not. They'll be quick. This section will be fast. So first one, don't look for people to meet your needs. 
look for people to add things to your life that you aren't giving yourself. You know, we have like these standards in our head about, oh, they have to meet this criteria. Okay, well, you essentially just created a criteria of things that are the fantasy boyfriend or girlfriend that you want, for one. Two, of all the things that you essentially decided that you don't want to give yourself love in. And now you're essentially creating a, a checklist for someone to meet your needs to now become codependent upon them. That is that is not the way to do this. Like, I remember, I don't really have, like, I have standards, but I don't have needs, you know? Like, I don't have needs. I have certain things that are great ways to show love and affection to me and, and certain things that I will communicate, but they're not, I'm not going to say that I need this person to give me this. Because that implies that now I'm making the excuse that I don't need to give that to myself now. I like to think about a relationship as, as two islands, right? You live on your island, which represents your world, your dreams, your goals, your experiences, your everything. And on the other side, there's, there's a gap. On the other side is their island, their dreams, their goals, their life experiences. The only thing that makes this a relationship is the bridge that goes between them. Now, however strong that bridge is, is through communication, trust, and, you know, the level of healing that you guys have done in your journey, right? And what you guys are bringing to the table for each other and whether or not that's matching, right? Those are the things that you need. And that relationship is going to be built upon that bridge together. And your needs are essentially the little things that you're putting on, on the bridge to walk on so that they know, okay, got it. That's what I need. But when you're, when you're making needs, right, like the, the better way to put this is your needs are essentially saying, so I'm actually only going to put five planks on this bridge and I need you to fill in the rest, the 20 over there. And uh, if, we, if you can't do that, then we can't be in a relationship. That's essentially what you're saying. And that doesn't like, why, why, why would you ever do that to yourself? You can definitely give yourself all of the love that you need in this world without requiring it from another person. Yes, don't get me wrong. It's a beautiful, special experience to share your life with another person. And I highly suggest it. It's one of the greatest experiences of life as a human being. But at the end of the day, you can't be so dependent upon it, right? Because we have to realize is that life has different plans for all of us. It may not have you guys together in a couple years. This could be a temporary relationship that builds you up and gets you what you need so that for the next relationship, you can even fulfill it at a higher level and have a deeper connection. You know, don't make everything an end-all be-all, right? Or you have to meet these needs. No, meet all of your needs and allow them to be the cherry on top on your cupcake. Meet all of your needs and allow them to be the cherry on top on your cupcake. I like that. Next one. Raise your standards. Raise, holy shit. I remember, oh my gosh. Even though we, I remember there was a time where I was lying to myself. I was like, I deserve this, I deserve that. But my actions were doing the opposite. Actions will always speak louder than the words or affirmations that you're telling yourself. If you still keep seeking people who aren't giving you the amount of love that you deserve, then you're also disrespecting and contradicting the fact of saying, I deserve more love. Okay, if you deserve more love, Notice the actions that you're doing that are essentially contradicting that point, right? And preventing you from receiving that abundance of love that you deserve. And that's what will make you actually be deserving of that love. Because now your actions and your words are matching. Just like any relationship, you need someone who's consistent with their words and actions. Just like with yourself, you need to be consistent with your words and actions. That's how things happen. Life events and experiences unfold, right? 
off of the consistency in the words and actions that you have and that you hold yourself to. Those are really, really big things. Never accept love at a, low, at a lower level than you were giving yourself. No, let's say that again. Never accept love at a lower level than what you were giving yourself. So if you're giving yourself love at a level three, okay. Don't accept love at a level two. Accept love at a level three, a level five, a level 10. That's where you need to be accepting love. Things that are above, if not at the same level as you. That's where you need to be. Last thing. This is, this is a very common one. You know, there's so many of you guys, I, I understand this, uh, because trauma and all of these things are now becoming the forefront, but at the time, I know a lot of us, we repeated relationships. Like, we think we're dating someone new, but they're the exact same, they just have a different last name. And, you know, if you notice yourself dating the same kinds of persons, and they just have a different last name, but they treat you the same, then you're not actually learning and growing from each relationship. That actually means that you need to get the fuck back from a relationship with another person and build that relationship with yourself. Figure out what the fuck is going on here that's making me feel like I'm not receiving the amount of love that I deserve, that I'm not finding the soulmate that I want, right? What is What are the belief systems and actions that you're taking towards those relationships? Fix those, heal those parts of yourself, and then you'll be ready for a, a relationship at a deeper level which is always what we deserve and should strive for when pursuing love. Deeper, deeper connections outside of sex and outside of, you know, kisses and hugs and little presents and shit that we see on the internet. <laughs> I have a question from Ozzy Ricoizo. I'm so sorry if I got that wrong. Like, I'm, I promise I was not trying to disrespect you in any way. But she was asking me to give my thoughts on talking about kids who were never given physical affection hugs kisses etc and emotional love like being told i love you i'm proud of you etc oh my gosh this is so so common so common i remember um there was a part of my life where i was not receiving the amount of physical affection that I was needing in my life, especially from the relationships in my life. I'm, I'm someone who has a love language of physical affection and words of affirmation. And um, it's very interesting because I'm receiving none of those right now. I don't really get a, a lot of I love yous. I don't get a lot of hugs. Um, I give them to myself in different ways and it feels really good. It feels really good. But, you know, kids who were never given physical affection that is that is probably one of the most traumatizing things right that's like the especially if their love language is physical affection that is essentially telling them i don't love you that is literally them you that's a parent literally telling their kid i don't love you and you know a child at that age is not supposed to let you know that his love language is physical affection like a child who doesn't receive the love in the ways that they need will immediately feel neglected feel as if they're not worth anything in this world and will pursue relationships that will only communicate that same feeling rather than what they deserve right if all you learned in your childhood was essentially that to do this this is how you get love and affection then that's what you will do you will find partners who essentially are going to be manipulating you just so that you can get affection from them which is fucking bullshit or you have this essential idea of not receiving the love and affection that I love yous that you need makes you very hyper independent 
and most likely low self-esteem because you know your family makes up a lot of your self-esteem right like how you're treated as a child lets you know your worth in this world right before we're able to decide that for ourselves we learn it from the communications that we have in the relationships in our life with our family friends etc and you know not receiving the the support that a child needs at a young age immediately makes them feel neglected and worthless right they're not worth anything in this world no one cares if i survive today or not right and i think that actually for some people can lead to suicidal tendencies and that's deep and i know that's hard but you know it really depends every child's a little bit different i mean i didn't receive it and i i really felt neglected a lot and for me that made me turn inward hating myself because you know it makes you think maybe there's something wrong with me right maybe there's something wrong with me and that's why my parents won't give me hugs and kisses like i want give say i love you to me and that i'm proud of you like i want right maybe there's something wrong with me and then that's where the depression comes in and that's where the self-hatred comes in and that's where the low self-esteem comes in the suicidal tendencies comes in and that's what most likely will produce someone to either be an avoidant attachment style, right? To, to push away love, right? Especially if it's good for them. Good love, they'll push it away because that's not what they're used to. Or an anxious attachment style who the first time they ever get a hug or a kiss or someone says I love you to them, they immediately fall in love with them because or fall in trauma with them because now they're actually receiving something they never did and they are so afraid that it will walk away from them one day. That's, it's... I hope that answers your question. It's deep and that's, gosh, I really do wish that upon less people. I really do hope that we are able to communicate over these next generations healthier love to our children so that they can communicate that in healthier relationships and we can overall have a better society of people who aren't feeling so neglected and hated by this world. Let's get into the last section, you guys. Let's just put it, I'm going to keep it in the same section. Let's do two let's what what did i just say <laughs> let's do some affirmations for love all right these are a couple that i decided to hand pick and that i use myself it's very crucial that you start to change the narrative of things that you tell yourself every day right and affirmations are not the only step but affirmations are great as long as action is now also taken with them i'll make a separate episode if you want about how to apply action with affirmations to create change in your life and i will make a, a video about that just send me a DM. But let's get into the first one. Say these affirmations of love with me. Number one, the more I love myself, the more love I have to give to others. Number two, the people in my life love me unconditionally because I love myself unconditionally. Number three, I am open and ready to receive abundance of love and opportunities into my life. Let's say them again. The more I love myself, the more love I have to give to others. Number two, the people in my life love me unconditionally because I love myself unconditionally. Number three, I am open and ready to receive love and abundance of opportunities into my life all right you guys thank you so much for being here with me thank you for sharing this space of support and love with me in this self-growth and self-exploration journey 
Thank you for taking the time to invest in yourself. Pat yourself on the back. Give yourself a hug. You're doing great. You're taking more steps than most people. And I can't wait to hear about your progress. All right, you guys. Talk soon. Micah Jones from the Exploring with Micah podcast. I'll see you later.